All right, we're rolling in three, two, one. Movie time. Movie time. time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Time Extra. It's the show where we talk about movies with a little something extra. I am your producer, your co-host, your unwanted tumor. My name is Dashiell Marco. And I'm your th- amateur thematic analyst, genderless gremlin, and negligent childhood surgeon. My name is Tyler Duncan. Today we are watching 2021's Malignant, written by James Wan, Ingrid Bisu, Akila Cooper, and directed by James Wan. If you enjoy our show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to it. Tell a friend about it. Send us a freaking email. MovieTimeExtra at gmail.com. Tell us what the heck you think. What's going on in that brain of yours right now? Give us your opinions. We want your opinions. Suggest us a movie and just say what up. Hey. Hey. Our banging theme song is by the amazing DJ Cutman. Check Cutman out on Bandcamp for solid bangers and or bops. We love you, Cutman. I love you, DJ Cutman. As always, there will be spoilers in this show. And if you don't like it, I will flip a hospital bed onto you. <laughs> Dashiell this movie. Mm-hmm. I have to take accountability here. I suggested we watch this train wreck. You picked it. I uh, picked this. Okay, I, I'm very excited to see what you think about this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I don't think it's a good movie, but that I feel like that's actually per, like debatable. And I feel like that's what a lot of this is going to be. Yeah. So do we want to recap this? I, I mean, we might as well. I mean, I feel like there are people that aren't going to watch this movie because of the bad reviews it's going to get. I mean, it's got very mixed reviews. I um, feel like if you are not into this specific genre of horror, we have watched this movie so you don't have to. Yeah. If you if you are into this, then please go watch it because you're going to have a great time. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a wild ride of a movie. <laughs> um it's a very unique movie. Yes. Um I yes. feel like it's intentionally bad. Like the lead actress uh is a, is a really talented actress. Um I know her from Peaky Blinders, but she's been in a ton of stuff. What is she in Peaky Blinders? She's like the alluring um like barmaid that um, She's Grace. Oh my god. Yeah. She put brown hair on and I just didn't know who she was. <laughs> Yeah, she gets. She ends up get. She ends up getting uh, married to um, uh, the main character Tommy. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, and she's fantastic. She's, I think she's a great actress. She's beautiful. Uh, she, I, she knows what she's doing. Um. I kind of feel like the the bad acting in this movie is somewhat deliberate, but I do it's, not know why. It's gotta be deliberate. I um, heard a. Th- oh, oh, please. Sorry. No, you. I was just because I heard a theory that this is um, very based upon like um, spaghetti horror, like like the Italian horror genre, okay. um, which is typically like very campy and uh, and like overdone. 
So that might explain it, the bad acting on purpose. Yeah, and it's like a mishmash of genres for sure. Like, like it's and it's not even so much that the acting it's bad is bad. It's like the dialogue is really bad, and like the line delivery is poor. But like the acting isn't like I don't know. It's like it's really hard to put a finger on why this movie is so fucking weird and we haven't even gotten into the weird shit we're just Mm -hmm. talking about meta shit yeah we're just talking about like the production (laughs) okay uh who's gonna recap this are we do we do we just want to go for it i i have done this to us so i will try my best i'm gonna recap it fucking rip this bong do it okay so the movie opens in 1993 at simeon research hospital um, they are dealing with an event where a child has escaped and it's pretty clear early on that this child is really special. They are controlling the electricity and they broadcast their thoughts via the speakers in the, in the asylum. Uh, and then the main research doctor says, that's it. We tried to help him, but we can't, it's time to remove the cancer. And so then credits roll and 27 years later, we see a pregnant woman coming home to her shitty husband after her pregnancy has caused her to feel super ill at work. And it turns out the the husband is pretty horrible and abusive and uh, they get into a fight about her having had multiple miscarriages and Derek, her husband accidentally on purpose smashes Madison's head against a wall. And then he runs to go get her ice because he's so sorry. Um, Cause he's, and he's terrible and she locks herself in the bedroom and then goes to sleep with a head injury, which is a bad idea. Just so y'all know. <laughs> For anyone she, who wasn't aware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like as a nurse, she would know this, but we'll get into that. she has a dream that there is like someone in the house chasing after Derek. And when she wakes up, she goes downstairs to find Derek dead. And he is like fucked up. Does she have a dream? I felt like it was, was she dreaming that? Cause we see it, we see it happening to Derek Mm -hmm. at the time. I remember not being sure whether she was dreaming it or whether it was actually happening, but, but it, from the frame of reference, it like w- we get it from Derek's frame. I, sorry, I just forgot that that she was dreaming, or I wasn't aware of that. Mm. But obviously, it ties in here, right? And then the the killer, who's real janky looking, he's still in the house, and he fucks Madison up, knocks her out. So then she wakes up in the hospital, finds out Derek is dead for sure, um, and that uh, her baby. Did not survive the attack. Super tragic. Um, Her sister tells her this. Yeah. Her sister, Sydney, who she's been estranged from because of her, her awful marriage to her shitty husband, who's now dead. Oh no. Uh, And uh, she ends up going home after she's somewhat healed up. Um, And there she ends up telling her sister, Sydney, that she was adopted at eight years old 
And she doesn't remember anything about her childhood up until that point. All her memories start at eight years old with their parents. Um, and then the killer ends up kidnapping a woman. And it seems kind of random. She's just someone who does like those like Seattle underground tours. Um, and then he's got her like tied up in an attic. Yeah. We, we don't, don't know, know who this where. is for the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't know where she is in the world other than it looks like an attic. There's like um, a big spinning box fan. That's kind of like the focal point of all the shots up there. Yeah. Very atmospheric. Good job on that. So the detectives who were on Derek's case, they, they are Detective Shaw and Detective Moss. They discover a photo of a child in the next murder victim's house. And the next murder victim just happens to be the doctor who worked with Madison <clears throat> when she was a kid. And sidebar, there, uh, the scene where she gets murdered is pretty cool. And it's kind of where the cooler things in this movie start happening. Exactly. Um, our main character, her name again, I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep Madison. Yeah, Maddie. Yeah. Madison. Uh, she or that her name as of yet or as of now mm-hmm. is Madison, and she's do, like do, going to do some laundry. Um, she's you know kind of trying to recuperate, I guess, back into this murder house. Another bad idea. If anyone ever gets murdered in your house, you should move. Yeah. Um, it's haunted, guaranteed. <laughs> guarantee you, it's haunted. You heard it from me, folks. Yeah. Uh, you heard it from us. Sorry. Because we we both agree. Uh, but anyway, she's doing the laundry. She, she, you know, she's squatting down and put the laundry in. She sees the lady who's, who's the, the next murder victim's face, like inside of the like glass part of the, the washer. And then like the whole room, the whole scene like m- melts away in this like kind of cool trippy way, uh, to where it, it it's, she, she's like dreaming or whatever. She's like in the scene at the same time, like. I didn't understand how the two houses aligned in that way, but maybe she was just seeing it in her house and seeing the murder from that perspective. Like that didn't make any sense at all, but like it was cool. And and like, I, I, I thought those special effects were pretty cool. I just wanted to, to get that in there. I didn't love the special effects at times. I liked the practical effects that they did. I, the, the CGI was not doing it for me. Oh, I liked it. It was yeah. all melty. But I think the I think the the that might have been on purpose. Um so Madison is now like having these waking dreams of these murders. She's like going about her daily life and then suddenly the rooms melt and turn into a different person's house and she is seeing these murders happen and she's like frozen to the spot she can't do anything and then everything just goes back to normal or it goes from Um, night to day yeah yeah in some cases um and so they start investigating and they discover a photo of madison uh as a little kid in this this murdered doctor's house um and then they figure out who the next victim is probably going to be, which is this guy, Dr. Gregory, who helps Dr. Weaver out. And uh, the, the detective Shaw, he shows up too late and uh, he has his first interaction with the killer. 
um, which does not go well for him. Cool chase uh, scene. Very good chase scene. Yeah, I like. They go. It. They go through the uh, the Seattle underground. It's very cool. Yeah, that, that's in my notes. It's like, where the fuck did they end up? Like, you, and you would have to be bad. Like, I want to talk about how tropey and bad the cops are later, but like, you would have to be out of your fucking mind to follow something like that down there. Like, 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 because and it's cool. Like, the scenery change is really cool. It's like a like probably four or five minute long chase scene. Um, and I just loved all the scenery that they went through. I thought that was rad. Yeah. So, yeah, they're investigating more. They're starting to figure out what the fuck Madison's childhood actually was. And Madison gets a call from Gabriel. This is the first time we hear his name. She calls him Gabriel out of nowhere. She doesn't know why she knows his name. But he's essentially like, you know, they tried to separate us. They tried to get rid of me, but I'm still here. And she's like, what? Uh, and he's like, I'm going to make them pay for what they did to us. And she goes, Gabriel, no. So now she knows it's Gabriel, which she only understands at this point that Gabriel was her childhood um, imaginary friend who was yeah. pretty problematic. <laughs> Yeah, her mom's, like, showing her and her sister, like, home videos and being like, yeah, I can't believe you don't remember this. It was pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, a really so, fucked up flashback scene that might be a little later, but that's a, <laughs> it's around then, I think. Yeah. Or, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. The, the, sorry, I, I'm skipping ahead. That's my bad. Yeah, but, uh, so they get a psychiatric hypnotherapist uh, to help Madison go back into her memories and hopefully unlock some stuff about Gabriel. And then Madison starts to remember that her birth name is Emily May. And she realizes that Gabriel wanted her, excuse me, Gabriel wanted her to kill her unborn sister. So shortly after Emily slash Maddie is, is adopted, her adopted mom gets pregnant with her little sister, Sydney. And Gabriel is like calling her on her little like child children's phone. <laughs> and it's like, got to kill that baby dog. Dude, that scene was <laughs> fucked up. Like that scene probably unnerved me. Like I, I wanted to ask you too. Uh, I mean, I'll ask you later if this movie like scared you at all. I mean, it feels like you didn't like it, but like that scene kind of unnerved me. Like, like if, if, if I can explain, you know, he, like he's telling her ostensibly, um, like we're gonna do something nice, and she's like, "Oh, it'll be nice this time." And he's saying something like, "I think he's he's." The idea is that you know he's like, "Let's go slice your mom a, a piece of her cake for her birthday," because mm-hmm. uh, in the flashback before that she had like ruined it, but Gabriel did it. Blah blah blah. Um, and then she the room melts away in the way that it's been doing throughout this flick, and she's standing there, um, with a knife above her, you know mother's belly um got to slice uh, into that baby cake yeah like that was pretty fucked and she and the scream like her scream like like just this little like five-year-old girl that was casted for this part like pretty good scream like oh yeah like very yeah, convincing the, like the little girl did a good job best best actress in the whole movie yes <laughs> agreed <laughs> agreed one hundo 
But maybe there's some reason why that flashback here was more convincing or visceral. Like, I don't know. Um, I did think that scene was was pretty pretty good. Like, well executed. Because I knew something terrible was going to happen. Uh, I just thought the delivery was great. Yeah. And it shows us that she did have the ability at one point to break out of whatever weird spell Gabriel could put her under. Uh, so she stops herself and then that like memory kind of like makes her freak out in like the hypnotic state. Uh, and so they're, as they're waking her up from that, um, we see the woman who is in the attic. She is a badass and she is finding a way out of her restraints. So she eventually gets out, but then she falls through the attic uh, floor and then you realize that this woman was in Maddie's attic so she falls through to the first floor um, and the 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 detectives and everybody are like what the fuck yeah the timing of it is, is great perfect. so they don't know who this woman is but they do know that Maddie had someone in her attic against their will that's not good. Uh, and they also find the killer's gloves and like trench coat and, you know, all the <laughs> They're things. They're walking around up there like the floor didn't collapse in the middle of the room. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> they never show the floor of the room in any of the shots. <laughs> They're just right? like, walking around. <laughs> it's fine. That The one spot was bad. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't think of that. So, <laughs> so they arrest Maddie. Uh and we're coming up on my favorite scene of the movie. Uh, the jail scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. So Sydney finds Maddie's birth certificate. Um, her, her mom finds it in her hoarder house. And Sydney goes to the now very abandoned and spoopy Simeon Hospital finds that uh Gabriel is actually Emily's twin brother. Um he the is hospital scene. An extreme version of a teratoma, which is a, a parasitic twin essentially, or a teratoma really is more like a it's more like a tumor that grows like teeth and hair. So he's like a mixture of a teratoma and a parasitic twin. But the way they were conjoined essentially, is that they share the same brain and spinal cord. And then he is like severely underdeveloped. And so they're watching this on VHS and they're, which is extra creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, Oh, it's pretty, pretty great. Like the reveal is pretty good. Like the, like the camera's looking at her, they're interviewing her and she's like real sad and like somber and kind of out of it. And then the camera, like pans around and we just see Gabriel just like erupting from the back of her and just and like the, and it's sur- pretty good. And the Sydney and the mom's reaction is like the exact reaction the audience is having, oh my God. which I love. Like, oh shit. Because um, <laughs> they had no idea about any of this. Um, so we find out that like that is the cancerous thing that they ended up excising 
Uh, but they can't get rid of Gabriel all the way because they share parts of their brain and their spinal cord. So they have to just like cut as much of him away as possible. And then he ends up becoming dormant throughout her childhood and adulthood. And then the knock to her head when her husband was abusing her was what ended up waking him up. And now Gabriel's face is able to emerge from the back of Madison's head and he operates her body backwards when he takes control, <laughs> which is why he looks so janky all the time. Yeah. Um, so Madison is in lockup and that this is something that would not happen. I'm just going to put that out there. If you have a serial killer, you don't put them in lockup. Yeah. Yeah, it's dumb. It's in, in uh, what, what's it called? Um, a holding cell with all your other local, exactly. uh, you know, people who are in jail and not prison. Yeah. And these are clearly people who are just in for like assault or sex work. Um, but they end up picking on her. This this scene is pretty problematic because it's like, what? Why are why would these people give a shit about this woman? Like, why are they all ganging up on her? Yeah. Like, it's you don't, pretty dumb. But uh, they end up kicking the shit out of her, and Gabriel takes over, and he just murders all of them. He starts like, murdering everyone with, like, superhuman strength. Yes. And then uh, he gets the keys from a cop that he kills, and then he Who kills- sticks his fucking hands and guns and gun <laughs> through the bars. To- Which, again, would not happen. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Sure. Maybe not through the bars, but she's super fast at this point too. So Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Gabriel's superpowers take over her body, I guess. (laughs) So, so, um, she, he, Gabriel in Mandy's body kills pretty much an entire precinct of police officers. (laughs) And it's really brutal. Um, but also uh, just a tad bit satisfying. <laughs> it's it's a pretty entertaining scene. Like, you know. And it's the first time Shaw and uh, the police, his um, Moss, Detective Shaw and Moss, see Gabriel like it, like in like fully, fully formed, like his face is out and then they can see her face like just kind of like limp, like unconscious, like as on like what is actually the front of her head. It's really weird looking. Um, so he gets out. They realize he's going for the woman who was in the attic because they figured out the woman in the attic is their birth mother. It's Maddie's birth mother. Maddie and Gabriel's birth mother. And... I'm I'm tired already. From You're <laughs> in the weeds. You've been recapping for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And <laughs> we're at the end so though. He goes to the hospital to kill his birth mother. And his birth mother kind of stops him and is like, I should have never given you up. You were my children. I should have just kept you and loved you. And I'm so sorry that they did these things to you. And it seems like it's maybe having an effect. Um, but it doesn't. He 
throws a hospital bed at Serena uh, or Sydney to to get her like pin her down. I, I shouldn't laugh at that because it's not particularly funny. It's just random. Like it's not yeah. every movie you see somebody pinned under a hospital bed. And then like Sydney magically knows suddenly that Gabriel was the cause of all her miscarriages because he was feeding off of her fetuses. Maddie knows. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Sydney tells Maddie is what I oh, mean. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean she I just like, de- deduced it, I guess, right? I guess, I mean. yeah. And then Madison, like that rage of like, you know, having had motherhood taken from her over and over again by her shitty brother, uh, kind of gets her to take her body back. Is that what it was? Because I felt like I missed like I wasn't gonna get up to rewind this, but like that's what I was the like, Wikip- I, that's what the Wikipedia said. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm like, how did she snap out of that exactly? I mean, I guess And like, then it shows why did she not know that also? Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of really shows the mechanism that Gabriel was using to trick Madison into thinking that she was just doing normal tasks when she was actually in this like sunken place in their like shared consciousness where he was like getting geared up and going to murder people, but she just thought she was doing laundry. And then when the murders started to take place, that's when she would start to have these like lucid dreams, these waking dreams. She takes him to that, that mindscape and is like, you're going to live here now. Makes it a jail I'm in cell. control. Yeah. Turns it into a jail cell. Like, I'm in control. You you are in timeout for the rest of our lives. Um, and Ridiculous. Absolutely. Like, like well, the ending of this movie is not good. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> she's like, well, you know, they, they were always our powers. He just, you know, you usurped them. So she's able to lift this heavy ass hospital bed off of her sister um, in a very, very corny way. Like, mm-hmm. Gabriel could do it. I can do it. <laughs> like, and then Madison and Sydney hug as Madison does, says the, this corny short monologue about how, like, it doesn't matter that they're not related through blood and they were, and she was adopted. <laughs> She's been her real sister all along. And she's so proud to have her. And, you know, the mom, the birth mom is looking on wistfully and like crying. And, from her coma and, that she woke up from when yeah. the fighting broke out. And um, <laughs> that's the end of this movie. <laughs> uh, one hour, 50 minute long movie. I what, do you want know. To, I, what do you want I, to talk about first? I mean, oh, there's so much. What I want to talk about first is what's what's good about this movie. Like, there are some good things that have like like it, this movie's not all bad, you know. Like th- like this movie might be one of the best combinations of like good and bad I can think of in a in a movie off the top of my head right now. I mean, probably just because I just watched it, but like I'm probably gonna rewatch this at some point. Like I, I was not a hundred percent engaged, especially at the beginning. Um, but like about an hour in, I'm like, I was invested. Um, and f- like again, it feels like it's kind of intentionally bad, and I'm not sure why. Like, 
I'm racking my brain trying to think of like the underlying themes here, if any. <laughs> but it's like taking a lot, you know. Well, they they sure did shoehorn that family theme in there, at the end. Yeah, right. Because it's like that's what you think that they that they would go for the whole time, and it's just like the last line in the movie, like. <laughs> Yeah, the and yeah, the ending is just abysmally bad. Like for all the build up, like that happens, like the half hour, like, uh, like action scene is like f- fine, you know. I guess they had to hire like a contortionist to do uh, most of that stuff. It's very entertaining to see a full grown person run backwards full speed. <laughs> I got great joy out of that. <laughs> yeah. And I could not stop laughing at some points. Um, like, this movie almost makes sense to a point. Mm. Like, like, I know it doesn't, I know it doesn't make sense in it, in what happened there with a cancerous, you know, whatever, like, um, yeah, a Siamese twin almost type idea. Like, I know that it, that, that cannot happen. But, like, as a idea for a horror movie, I think that, like, like, I don't know. Like, I think it's an interesting idea for a horror movie. And within that context where that's possible, like, I don't know. Like, it, but, but then, like, all, but, like, I'm saying that that concept within the horror genre is plausible to me. But then mm-hmm. when, like, She's doing all this reality breaking stuff where, you know, she's 20 times stronger than a human being would be. And, you know, like, like you said before, like gains all these supernatural powers. Like that's where it starts really falling apart to me. And the fact that like his face is like on her brain. So her (laughs) like scalp and skull like open up. Yeah. Uh, And then it's like her brain is exposed so that his little face can show. And it just is like, and it makes sense, I guess. Cause like she would occasionally like that wound would open back up and she'd be like, what the fuck? I'm bleeding again. And it like would be like when he was cracking open the back of her head with the boys, uh, essentially yeah. the murder. Um, but it's also just like, how does she not, know that her skull is cracked and like does it heal back up like like how does that work is he magic is that what it is i guess yeah is he magic like, he must like, be magic or like maybe it has to like do with that they were they were doing weird experiments on the kids at the facility like i don't know like it definitely uh it's definitely like not a bad premise. Like it mm-hmm. just like it definitely tries to not make any sense. Like yeah, it's not supposed to, right? I guess so. It's just like I just I want to know what this guy was fucking thinking when he directed this. Like or whoever wrote it. Like it's so extra. Like I haven't said it yet, but like this movie is very extra. Like it definitely falls into the. The mission statement of this podcast. So I guess it's kind of based on um, one of the writers of the film, uh, 
let me get her name right here, Ingrid Bizu. She got really interested in the like urban legend of uh, Edward Mordrake. And he was, it's, it's thought to be apocryphal, um, you know, so it is kind of just an urban legend. But according to the legend, he was born in the 19th century uh, into like English nobility with a face on the back of his head. Uh, and then like, according to the legend, uh, the little, the little face could whisper, grab objects, and it would like laugh and cry. Um, I feel like I've heard this somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This that seems like some out. shit yeah. we're into. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, he ended up committing suicide at the age of 23 because the doctors couldn't remove the face safely. Like he was eventually just told, like, we can't, we can't get rid of this for you. And like, he couldn't live a life. Um, yeah. Well, and but it's thought that he did not actually exist. Okay. I mean, it's not implausible that people are like born fused together and shit. Right. I mean, absolutely. Like, that does happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just a weird take on that. And like, I, I think it's a, like a cool premise for a movie. It just definitely goes completely off the fucking rails. Uh, at, in like the last half hour and it's just like it didn't need a weird sort of happy ending it's like yay we're hugging and everything's fine I didn't just kill a hundred people you know <laughs> it's just like yeah fucking tr- I mean entertaining as hell last half hour but like totally just trash on any sort of like continuity as far as the plot line w- went um, there was just so much going on. There, yeah. there, there was too much, to, almost like too much front loaded into the story for it to even like be happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was so much backstory <laughs> there that like, like no wonder this movie was nearly two hours. Like you've got to tell this girl's life story so that this, this implausible thing can even be a movie. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I uh, I want to watch. Like, I in my head, I keep calling this movie Insidious. <laughs> it's no, it's malignant because like a tumor. But uh, I I've looked up this uh, actor or uh, director James Wan. And I guess he did Insidious too. He also did The oh. Conjuring, which I wanted to watch for a little bit. But then uh, you and other people were like, oh, "It's not the best movie." Um, I but, like The Conjuring. Oh, you like it? Well, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to misquote you. No, yeah. I really like it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen any other movie that this dude has directed. So, I don't know. If he's got other... If he's got some good shit, I'm, I'm down to watch more of his stuff. I'm like, this was not a great movie, but, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and, like, The Conjuring is based on, you know, technically a true story. It's like that's what makes it really cool, and they did a really he did a really good job with the the narrative. Cool, yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to tangent too much on movies I want to watch because I want to do that right this second, but we'll let's do that at the end because I was planning on doing that. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. What What did you want to talk about here? I mean, if anything, <sighs> I, was like, I can tell that you really didn't like this movie. It's not that I didn't like it. Okay. It was goofy. <clears throat> totally. It was goofy. 
in a way that I was not expecting. <laughs> um, and I laughed out loud at multiple parts that I don't think were maybe necessarily meant to be laughed out loud at. That's fine. And um, it was, again, thoroughly entertaining. Um, there's just too much going on. And I was it's, like... It's a chaotic mess. It's great. I was I was trying so hard to like keep track of like okay so she's adopted she doesn't remember most of her childhood okay so that's her birth mom oh all right so Gabriel's her imaginary friend <laughs> okay so no much. now I, it's her brother I'm like surprised. oh he's behind her all the time I'm surprised uh, I thought you would like this more because like to me it's kind of like watching like a soap opera like slash drama slash horror slash action movie like like i kind of loved like it's like, bad in a delightful totally. way yeah it's, like it's it's just it just was like oh i was i think it's just it subverted my expectations because i thought this was going to be a little more prestige uh yeah no 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 and i get it's that. not it's I not I feel but like he's trying to make he was trying to make like a prestige B movie if that makes sense. I think if this had <laughs> if this was clear, had been clearly going for that vibe it would have been terrible and we both would have hated it because they have like really embraced that like spaghetti horror like campiness it's just it's very entertaining. Yeah. Um but there is just there there are certain parts of the goofiness that were just like I cannot take this. I I can't be scared because I'm laughing too hard essentially. Yeah. No, I I mean I was like 90% paying attention to this film when I watched it, but it wasn't holding 100% of my attention. But like uh one one thing I was going to gripe about was I hate the noise jump scares or like there were like two of them in this movie, two or three. Um, the first one is when uh, she like gets home after the the whole tragic incident, and then she hear, like just hears like a bang, and like looks over or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess that one actually did lead to something, but the one where her sister is in the asylum, or the not the asylum, the uh, the like abandoned hospital, which is like I guess that whole thing was. Like the the whole outside was probably CGI or something like, or maybe that's real. I don't know. Um, because they did used to put hospitals in like weird locations, right? Because to like keep sick people away from other people. Yeah, back in the day. Um, but like pretty cool and spooky hospital, and she just like fucking blunders in there. Like she doesn't care. Like she's on a mission, <laughs> and then she's like, you know, she finally finds the files, and like that, like. There was like so much tense tensity there just because me, I guess, in like a meta way, I'm like expecting her flashlight to go out. You know, I'm expecting her to get spooked, like blah, blah. I'm expecting something to happen. And the only thing that happens is like somewhere inside the building, like something falls over or like there's like a crash, like a quick like bang. And she's like, and it's just this total fake out of like any sort of like danger or repercussion like i and i i mean i guess 
I don't know what danger she would be in if she's in an abandoned, you know, hospital, but it's like, why did the fucking thing fall over? You know, <laughs> like, oh, I hate that. Like, I just hate that. That's me mm-hmm. nitpicking, but like, I hate that dumb, just like, oh, like something fell, I guess, like, or whatever. It's, I don't know. Just dumb. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a trope. And they got to like quit relying on it so hard. Oh, such a tropey movie. Oh, I wanted to talk about how fucking awful the cops are. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, they're fucking terrible. They're so just like, it's like every uh, 90s and 2000s, like CSI Miami, like fucking um, Law and Order, uh, you know, um, what's the other big one? Um, uh, Fuck me. Jag. (laughs) <laughs> that's not where i was going it's a newer one it's one of the well uh well-regarded ones ncis uh, no um ah uh, fuck uh it's got that really well mm. oh this is gonna bug me so fucking bad oh, no they're like they're like in the uh the pentagon they're like at the white house and shit I don't know what this is. You, you'll know when I when I say it. Oh my okay. god! I've never done this on the podcast before. Where I can't remember something. We it's gotta know. So bad. I need to know. Um, the wire. God damn it! I didn't. Even, <laughs> sorry for yelling. <laughs> the wire. The wire. Yeah. The one set in Baltimore. Is, is okay. God damn! I'm so dumb. Is that, that but that's it's another show about cops, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I guess I don't fucking know the as much as I should. So I whatever. I'm gonna edit this out because I'm <laughs> I've never seen the wire, so I don't know. Um anyway, they're just awful. They're like broy and chummy in just like the most stereotypical way. There's like this little tiny hint at romance that's completely fucking pointless. Stop it. Stop that. Yeah. I don't need that. Quit it. That's unnecessary. I don't need everybody to fuck in every movie. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody fucked in this movie. No. And it was better for it. Yeah, right. We have like the Um, one, the one, uh, I guess, uh, she's like a crime scene investigator that, that like we're supposed to kind of like, because she's like, I don't know. The only one that doesn't die, which yeah, is also kind of the least annoying. Yeah, she's just like awkward. I guess the the three main uh, police characters don't die. Yeah, which is interesting. I was Are kind we, of expecting I, them to kill the the female detective. Well, I guess we was, don't know. She gets slashed in her gut pretty good, and then the dude gets a possibly a dagger through the heart. Uh, actually, I I'm I was kind of under yeah. the impression that he might have died. It might not like, have gone through his heart, but he was like, like a, yeah, it was in his shoulder enough that it's like, oh, that's an area yeah. you don't want to get <laughs> impaled with. Yeah, that looked painful yeah. with a big ass fucking like <laughs> weird dagger. Oh, my God. I don't know. It just it was very intense. And. It seemed like. If her sister could get her birth certificate and figure all that shit out, maybe the cops could have done that. 
as well. <laughs> Well, it they have seems the, the, the like sassy maybe, lady cop who's not seemed, buying any of it. It seems like maybe they weren't doing a very good job of solving the murders in the case. Well, the cops were like locked into these tropes, you know, where like the, the male cop's too dumb to fucking do anything without her sister telling him to do it. And mm-hmm. then they have a they have a sexual tension for some reason that's at least implied. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, and then, you know, the sassy lady cop is just like, oh, she's fucking crazy. You know, she, like, she barely comes around to it until she's, like, literally gut, gut shot, you know? Yeah. And that, I think that injury would probably kill you, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's no. visceral. It wasn't. If you got like- your gut, like, cut in half, like, by something with like superhuman strength, you know, like, and it like actually did like slice your gut. I think all your guts would fall out. Yeah. It didn't look like she had been eviscerated though. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just looked like she, he, he sliced her good. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I meant to yeah. say this early, but what? Yeah. Like, okay. Just why is he so good at fighting? Like, <laughs> like that? It was so breaking it for me. I'm just like, why does he have superhuman fighting ability? <laughs> like and he's never s- had a body. Like he's never had yeah. a body. And and you see him, like you see in the in the lockup scene, you get to see the transformation. And he's like dislocating her joints. Yeah. So that he can like move the way he needs to move backwards. And it's like, if if her joints are dislocated, how is she so strong? <laughs> I don't get it. He's magic. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, He's a magic tumor. Yeah. It was also interesting to me. So that lady cop character was really interesting to me because, and uh, our buddy Joel pointed this out to me before I watched the movie. And I think he gave me some bias here, but I think he's also right. Um, They did a really really good job of putting Wanda Sykes in the movie without paying Wanda Sykes. What? (laughs) Like, that is that character is like Wanda, not Wanda Sykes. Okay, yeah, that and makes it's, sense. Yeah, it's like really weird to me. It's like, what? Just pay Wanda Sykes her money, right? Like, don't make this other black woman pretend to be Wanda Sykes for two hours in this film. Like, <sighs> yeah, come up with that. an original character, or no. you know, her character was the worst. It's like it's twenty twenty one. Like, please. And here's the thing: I appreciated that they had like. She, like the two detectives are both people of color. Like that was really cool. Is he? I thought he, I thought that dude was a white guy. That no, that guy is, um, he is actually a, uh, British born, um, Ch- Chinese and Malaysian gentleman. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's actually British. He's got a British accent, I, I guess. Uh, cool. which he did, did a great American accent. I always appreciate someone who has to do our shitty accent. The main uh, character was doing a, a American accent too, I believe. Yeah, because she's Irish, right? I think so. Yeah. Right, or or you know, she's from the UK. I believe or she's Ireland from the UK, of some yeah. of some kind. Uh, yeah, and you know, again, like acting was pretty good, and I'm not knocking that woman's acting. She did a really good job. She's a good um, actress. It's just like it wasn't even shot well. Like the cinematography is like bad. And that is it, a thing that I saw in some one star reviews. Also, oh, I got like, a few. I got a few of those. Duncan on the cinematography. It's yeah, it's not great, but to me, like I don't know why it. It just 
maybe I'm naive that to say that it that some of this stuff feels intentional, but like this guy's put out a lot of movies. Like I may just didn't care, but I don't, I don't fucking know. Like that's a, it's a, it's a head scratcher for me. And you can't blame COVID for the production. Yeah. This was produced and filmed before COVID. It just got released later because of COVID. So it really is not COVID's fault. Like I want to blame some of this on COVID and I can't. Uh, Do you have anything else that you want to go over, Dashiell? I mean, no, I could do a couple one stars if we want. Um, Cool. Let me, uh, then I just have one more thing. Yeah, please. We'll do the one stars. Of course. So this is something that I've had an issue with in Ari Aster's work. And I didn't bring it up in our first episode because we just didn't have time because we were doing two movies at once. But yeah, we should revisit those. Like that should be our, like our annual. Ooh, yeah. Fuck it. Well, I mean, we're probably past that actually on this release, but this will be our 30th episode, I believe. Oh my God. Look at us go. Yeah. We should revisit those, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. So, I'm getting really tired of the whole like deformity equals evil trope. Yeah. Um, it's something that Ari Aster has used twice now in his full length, like feature films. Um, and it's just like, there comes a certain point with stuff like this where like, we've reached a point with like disability advocacy where people are really starting to notice this stuff and Mm -hmm. like to take account of it. And this seems like a pretty glaring example of that, of like, just because someone has a disability, that means that they look different does not immediately mean that the trauma that they experience because of that is going to make them an evil magic boy. I don't know. Like, it's like, we got it. We got to figure a way out to start telling these stories better. Cause no, right I, now it sucks. <laughs> you know? I totally agree with that. Um, I do think that this movie didn't, I, I think that this movie di- may have dodged part of that stigma by at least not making like her deformity, like something that she was like subject to as like a physical outlier you know in her life like she didn't like knew but nobody knew that that she had that on her until that one scene the vhs scene you know yeah. she's not like stigmatized for being deformed i'm more in, talking like, about gabriel oh yeah no 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 totally yeah um but I, but that's why i said part of that stigma yeah. that you were yeah. talking about yeah um because if it, if like it could have been a different movie where she's like you know, laughed at for having this thing on the back of her head or something like that, which would obviously be the extreme wrong way to do this trope. Yeah. So just wanted to point that out. Also, let me just point out a a surgery that invasive, she would have horrible scars. She would have massive scarring on her back and neck. And she apparently doesn't. Like uh, nobody, you never see, nobody you never men- see her yeah, back or neck. Nobody, but. yeah, nobody like mentions like, oh, that explains all those surgical scars. That would have been a good line for the mom while they were watching right? that. But 
But there are a lot of things in this movie that, that that they don't care to make sense of, you know. So maybe that explains like she has like miraculous healing. Uh, yeah, maybe, like, maybe, fuck it, maybe? yeah. Because like, there's a I'm lot of those things understand. in this movie. For like maybe they <laughs> shot her up with some weird super serum in the fucking right. hospital. No, this movie doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. Mm-mm. But um, doesn't need to because it's fun and it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's goofy as hell. All right, do you want to do some one stars? Yeah, if you want, I I've do. Got, there were a lot. I always um, want dash. I'm pretty sure like half of the Google reviews were one stars, so there were like a <gasps> few hundred. <laughs> I perused for a little bit at work today. I didn't do a ton of research. Sorry, fans. You understand. <laughs> yeah, you won't mostly work. You get it. Okay, I have a few. Um, let's see. Oh, man. Most of, most of them were pretty long. Um, Like, I was surprised. I was surprised. Like, I mean, I scrolled through a couple hundred reviews, I think. Or at least a hundred. And there was no just like, fuck you. I hate this so much. I'm going to, you know, like, I, like, okay, I'll, I'll let them. A lot of constructive criticism in here, honestly, which is like surprising yeah. to me. So this one's by Vince Yoder. It's from a week ago. It's one star. Google review. God, this movie made me sleep three times. Before I just gave up and left after three quarters of the movie and, and of the movies entirely, Jan Woon or whatever his slash her name is can't make a legit horror movie, but makes a great way to cure insomnia. Can't believe I actually went to a movie theater for this childish tripe. Ugh! Time to go have a stiff drink and try to revive the rest of my weekend. Shit! <laughs> Sorry about your weekend, dog. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna have a stiff drink. He's fine. Uh, this one's by Orlando Bermudez. It's from six days ago. Please allow me to begin. Uh, the B is um capitalized. Mm. Please allow me to begin this review by stating that in almost thirty-five years, I've never once—I repeat, not once. Have they ever hated a movie so much to the point of being motivated to actually take the time out to write and post a review until now? This is easily, hands down, the absolute worst movie I've ever suffered through. I resisted numerous urges to scratch my eyeballs with stainless steel tweezers. (laughs) Something I ate prior to suffering through the movie gave me extreme, horrible, and painful diarrhea, and I completely and thoroughly enjoyed both diuretic sessions compared to the torture i suffered as a result of watching malignant if, oh my god i'm not gonna read the rest of the of the review because it's actually pretty offensive so some folks didn't like it is what we're yeah. saying um I, I guess we should wrap this up uh, i wanted to talk about what you wanted to watch next week you should watch carts of darkness and anyone who hasn't seen carts of darkness should watch it you should tell me if you want to talk about it but also well, let's let's talk about it i would love to i'd love to do a documentary it's only an hour long that's the hard part but we can totally talk about it the- is it about food carts uh no you just you oh okay uh I'll, I'll give you the elevator pitch is that um it's about these houseless people in Vancouver, BC, and Canada that collect 
uh, cans and bottles, and they bomb these massive fucking hills in the city on shopping carts. And that's how they get around, and it's like a lifestyle for them. And okay, it's, okay, we're we're watching this, and we're doing it next week. It's amazing, like yes. And it's directed by this actor who was a snowboarder, um, who got into like an accident and became committed to a wheelchair. So mm. he's like he just forms this bond with them, and it's amazing. Um, okay. I also really want to watch The Witch. And I would really like to watch oh, that too. It's so good. And it's spoopy season. Dash. Yeah. I love the witch. Let's watch it. So let's do carts of darkness next week. Okay. I'm, I'm way down. Yeah. Um, we should have enough to talk about. Hell um, yeah. I think we will, but and it'll be, it'll be different. It'll be different. You know? Yeah. It'll be different. It's an experiment. And then if we don't, we'll talk about the witch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I really want to say insidious, but it's not. It was malignant. That was malignant. Um, maybe you should watch this movie. Maybe not. It's really hard to say, but in a, in a fun way. If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to rate it, review it, and subscribe it. And make sure to tell a friend or many friends. You can also email us at movietimeextra at gmail.com to tell us what you think is extra, suggest us a movie, or tell us what you want to hear us shoot that shit about. Subscribe it. Subscribe it. Subscribe. Unless you're one of those Spotify motherfuckers. Yeah. I am too. I am. I use Spotify. I'm so guilty. Maybe that's why I, I always feel like- weird supporting it. I'm so guilty of your ire. I, no, I only listen to my. This is why I'm angry, is because I only listen to my podcast on Spotify, and I really want. I've shit on the CEO's lawn, and he still won't do anything. Yeah, fuck it. Don't email us. Email Spotify. Email Spotify. Tell them to get their shit together. But with your wallet. F- fucking sick of it. As always, our banging theme song is by the illustrious DJ Cutman. Buy his shit too. Listen to it on on plat on the platforms. He just put up a really good um fucking chill wave like kind of melancholy video game mix under his playlist just a few days ago. It's super good. Gonna check that out. All right, uh, we fucking did this. This was movie time extra. As always, folks, stay tasty. Bye bye. Mmm. Bye.